What's going on, y'all? It's your boy Cam coming to you loud, live, and in color all the way from my uh, recording studio, a.k.a. my second bedroom, with another installment of the Wednesday Experience Podcast. So the Wednesday Experience Podcast takes the listeners on a journey of life, laughter, and wisdom. And it's our hope that something is not only said that will encourage you today, but for the rest of your life. You know, going down this journey we call life, this road we call life, there are bumps, there are ups, there are downs, challenges, surprises, joys. Um, and so the, 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 the goal is to share something impactful for the rest of your life. So this is season two. And so I dedicated season two, as many of you know, to all of my higher ed professionals, right? My colleagues, I call them gladiators, right? Because they are fighting the good fight and they are uh, preparing uh, this, this next generation of young minds to be outstanding leaders and civic contributors. So with that being said, y'all, I have the awesome privilege tonight to not only welcome one of my colleagues and one of my friends who I've known, it's going to sound crazy for almost 25 years. It right. sounds so crazy when we say that out loud, but almost 25 years. Uh, this is Rebecca Lawrence. And so um, all the way from the great state of Ohio, the leader was born in Ohio, Gang, gang, shout to nine three seven in the building. What's going on, Rebecca? How, how are you? I'm good. Good. Well, welcome What's... to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Excited to be here. You know, fancy with your own podcast and everything. Look, look, look at you from the bottom look, to the top. I, I, I'm trying to get on your level, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if you're on Twitter, but there's been like this really uh, hilarious hashtag, uh, the African American urge to, and then fill in the blank. Yes. And one of the things was like uh, when somebody say, oh, I'm try- I- I- you're doing a good job. I'm trying to get like you. And I said, that is so true. Black folks will say that in a heartbeat. I think it's so funny uh, when I hear other black folks say that. But all right. So I want you to introduce yourself. Um, any businesses or creations you might have, um, any Greek or service orgs, and then your current role and what you do. Yeah. Um... I don't have anything spectacular in my background. Um, I didn't, I was too lazy to pledge, so I didn't do all that. <laughs> also, was real broke, so that was the thing. Um, at undergrad, I was over uh, the Feminist Majority Leadership Alliance, because okay. that's who I am. But um, So right now, I'm the Executive Director of Equity and Inclusion at uh, California State University Channel Island. Um, I just accepted a position with Portland State University in Oregon to be the assistant vice president of equity and compliance. Oh, she got money. Okay, come on. She got loans. <laughs> Listen, okay, so, you know, I, I, I'm working on this public service loan forgiveness, okay? And, and I, I hope they keep on pushing this deadline back, okay, because... Um, as of March, you know, this that's 24 months of payments, you know, that I ain't have to make. And so it takes me down to right around four years, like four years and two months. I and by, two the time years. I, by the time I finish my doctorate, I will be, uh, come on, debt-free. Okay, come on, debt-free. I have to pay like almost two years and I'll be done. Okay, can, can I say how excited I am about that? Like mm-hmm. not to have to pay no, pay no, no more student loans. Like, I might even get another degree right before it's over, just because an 18 month program. You feel me? <laughs> While I'm here, might as well go ahead and do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, now you said you didn't do nothing, you know, super fun and you, nothing 
spectacular. But like, what you went to grad school in freaking London? Like, how was that experience? It was great. It was like I would say it's the second best year of my life. The first being the year I spent in uh, AmeriCorps in Minneapolis, but London was amazing. Like. I got to do all the stuff that I wanted to do in undergrad, but because of like family obligations and again poverty, um, didn't get to do all that stuff. So, yeah, I was in the streets though. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Okay, okay. So, can I explain to you how you know when you went to London? I was like, oh, I've got to get to London. Like, I was so excited, and I went in 2017 and had the time of my life. You hear me, like. London is like, it's like living in America. I mean, I, I felt like I was at home like in New York or Chicago or somewhere, you know? Yep. It was so, I mean, it, I just felt like I was at home. And, you know, I even extended my trip a little bit so I could have more time in London. Like, I'm a huge fan of, like, world history and, like, the royals and all that stuff and, the, the you know, the monarch. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. I had a blast. And I made it just in time because they were actually closing down Big Ben uh, for five years for restoration work. So I was like one of the last groups of people to actually get to hear Big Ben told, which was really dope um, to hear it in person. So so I, th this sounds awful. I never saw Big Ben. We went to Westminster, but it was really just to like take pictures for Facebook. And then like we did other stuff. Like I didn't see any, I didn't really do much of the touristy stuff because I was in school partly. But again, I was uh, more concerned about, you know, like, the single men and women of the country um and hey. you know, what they had to offer so okay now i mean now i did do like tour stuff like the first two days i think i had like a whole list mapped out of what i wanted to see and i didn't want to I, I wanted to like kind of go off the beaten path but i was like my first international airbnb stay and my host was so freaking amazing i mean like legit like i mean his girlfriend and his roommate like they, they, they fed me all the time. I mean, it was it was a dope time. Like I really enjoyed myself. Versus staying in the hotel. Well, I stayed in the hotel like the last two nights, but my first five, I stayed at the Airbnb. It was just a dope experience. Like if you've never been, I implore you to go. And then you said Minneapolis. I remember going to Minneapolis with you. Child yes. Thighs. <laughs> Child thighs. My mom said, "What are you going to be?" I said, "I'm just going to. I'm going trying to help her find somewhere to live. I'm not just going. I'm gonna have a little fun." You remember and... that first apartment? <laughs> I do. I do. Oh, your yeah. roommate who was playing the African drums. Yes, I do. I remember all No, of them. I mean the the one with the, the dudes. It was a bunch of dudes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I and I was like, where are all the black people at? And then they was like, Oh, you're in the wrong part of town. Well, how are we supposed to know that? Like I I had so much fun, man. I really did. And I wouldn't make it, but like wooden nickels. Okay, so I, I stretched that movie. I had, but I had a good time being able to go and see something different. Like, um, yeah, it was fun. Okay. So now, so now, how did you get to higher education and was it your original career? It was not. Um, so I went into undergrad as an engineering major. Um, chemical engineering and halfway through I was like, I don't wanna do, I don't wanna do this. So I switched and I ended up doing like women's studies. Um, and then I got a scholarship to go to London School of Economics. Um, and I did gender and social policy. And I was like, I wanna do law. So I took two years and did AmeriCorps. And in my mind, I was gonna do like civil rights law, specifically disability, because my mom had MS. Um, so disability issues were big for me. 
Um, but I didn't, there was a fellowship that I really wanted in law school and I didn't get it. And so the other uh, graduate assistantship that was available was in student conduct. And I was like, okay, I can, I can do that. So I ended up being a student conduct GA and I was like, ooh, I, I kind of like this. Um, <laughs> so Ohio University had posted a position for like entry level Title IX investigator. And I applied and I got it. And that was my first um, job out of law school. And I've just been in higher ed ever since, I guess. Can I explain to you how much, you know, I'm on the Title IX team here at my current job. And I, I, I give all the props to the Title IX investigator because that's a lot of work, right? Um, in addition to your regular job. Like, I, I, I would go crazy. Like, it's so much. I remember sitting in the session with the RAs, uh, like a Title IX a refresher. Uh, for RA training, and I said, this is so much to, to process and to learn with all the various changes. I would go stir crazy trying to read all this stuff and trying to memorize it's, it and trying to, to make sure that I, I advocate appropriately, you know? It's a constant, it's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle bus, and I think it gets more and more difficult each year because the pendulum swings. Like some, you know, president comes in, they change whatever they want to change, they leave then it changes and then you have the state. So California is probably on the far left end and then you have places like, you know, Texas on the far right end. And then you have to remember the state stuff and the federal stuff, investigations. And then to your point, all the other stuff that's happening with like bystander intervention. And then if you're like me, I don't have just Title IX. I have the equity, race, religion, all the other stuff. I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> This is a lot. So, so in your role, um, how important is communication and teamwork? Very. Um, the communication part, like, you definitely have to learn everybody's language. Um, so this going to sound awful, but for those of y'all in higher ed, you know what I mean? You got to talk to faculty a certain type of way, and sometimes it's um, disrespectful but that's what they need. Um, you got to talk to student affairs people a certain way because, you know, they sometimes wear their heart on their shoulder or on their sleeve. Um, so I, you have to learn everybody's language, but the communication with the parties that are involved is really important too. Like you definitely have to be empathetic. Um, so yeah, that's, a, that's one of the biggest parts of the job is trying to figure out the communication. Okay. So... You know, I know you're only twenty. I know you're only twenty-seven years old, right? But what would you go? What would you go back and tell your eighteen-year-old self, Rebecca? What would you tell your eighteen-year-old self? <laughs> I would tell her to aim higher. Okay. Um, I and I mean, you. We grew up in the same school system. I mean, I think you started in uh, Dayton Public too, and then switched over to Troutwood. I went to Day Public in third grade. Absolute worst experience of my life, okay? Oh, my God, okay. I hated it. But, yeah, I so started I, in Trotwood, Dayton Public, Trotwood, the Vandalia, back to Trotwood. But, yeah. Okay. So, and I, I'm going to go ahead and put this out here because, you know, the feds, I, they can be watching. But I, I used fake addresses to be in Trotwood, so I was still living in Dayton, um, for, depending on which parent I was staying with. So, 
I we had that upbringing. Like I didn't I didn't know nobody who went to college. I just my parents just told me I had to go to college. Like hey, girl, you going hey, hey, you ain't gonna work at GM. You just gonna go to college. So I didn't know. Like I was just applying to schools that seemed interesting or sent me a you know fee waiver, and I didn't realize like not to sound I don't know conceited, but like I I was smart. I am a smart person. But I didn't really aim high. Like, I look back and I'm like, oh, I could have applied to some pretty good schools and probably got decent scholarships. And, you know, life probably would have been a little different and maybe the path wouldn't have, have been as hard. So I wish I would have known. I would tell myself, like, just aim a little higher. It's okay if you get rejected. But at least you tried and you know what you want to do and, and try to get there. Like, yeah, I just wish I would have aimed higher. Like, from 18 on, I think even with law school, like, not to say I would have gotten into Harvard, but I still think in my mind, I was like, mm, you went to right state, so, you know, just, you know, aim low. Yeah, okay, so she's being, like, rather modest, right? Like, legit, she's one of the smartest people I know. Um, and I'm pretty sure she finished, like, in the top 10 people in our class, if not the top five, okay? Like, she's hella smart. Like, so don't let her fool you. She's being modest tonight, y'all, but she's, like, Hella smart, okay? So don't let that fool you. Come on, aim high. Like y'all, she was that she she was people she's where people aim to get to, okay? Like, okay, there we go. Um, Look, I meant aim high <laughs> as in like, you know, like these middle class white kids, they parents be like, Yeah, apply for, you know, Yale and Harvard, knowing they got like a, a two point one and okay. what's bringing up their average is um like I wish I could <laughs> Wait, what? What did Mr. Lad say? My name ain't Jim. It's physical education. Okay, um, right. They, they get so upset when you say Jim. I wish I would have. I wish I would have had the like self confidence of a mediocre middle class white man. Like I, I wish I would have had that and aimed a little higher. Okay. So you know when I when I first drafted this, this you know these questions for season two. Um, I, I was under the impression that we were on our way out of this parallelogram, okay? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> clearly, we're still a part of this uh, of this Pythagorean. So, um, what are the two most important lessons that COVID has provided you? Um, one, like, I mean, I've always known the difference between family and relatives, like, Relatives, it's blood. You can't help but to be related to these people. Family, really, I, they're, I think a lot of them are chosen. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was really clear to me that I, that line was made really clear to me. Um, and to keep family members close. I think the other thing is um, lit, live, like lit, live, just live. There was so, I mean, that first year, everybody's just like, when this is over, when this is over, I'm finna do this, I'm finna do that. Um, and then that second year hit, and it was like, okay, well, some chances are going to have to be taken. Like, what, what, are, what, are, what is my bucket list? Like, what is truly on my bucket list? What is worth my time? What is worth um, dedication to? And I think for me, traveling still is important to me. Um, of course, try to do it safely, but I really started to think about like, oh yeah, I, I want to go back overseas, but there's so many places in the U.S. that I haven't seen and I've only seen on TV 
and I sit here and watch these nature documentaries all day um, mm-hmm. because I still like nature. And I was like, okay, well, I've never been to any of the national parks. So me and my friend, during the first year of the pandemic, we went to uh, Yellowstone. And it's like, yeah, I need to start prioritizing the things that um, are easily attainable and easily within my reach instead of like wishing and hoping for the stuff that is going to take a couple years to save up for it to go to wherever. Like find the happiness that, that's right here and, and go for it. Okay. So I, 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 one, of, one of my, you know, uh, you, I, if you ever, if you never knew this, right? You're like one of my travel uh, muses, right? Because y'all, she would travel everywhere. I'm like, oh my God, I want to travel like her when I grow mm-hmm. up, right? And so that's really why I started traveling, you know, you and about five other people. And I was talking to one of my friends the other day and he was like, you know, what else do you want to see in the United States? And I was like, you know, I have been so, like, I love airports. Like, I will intentionally schedule a layover just so I can go to the airport and walk around. I like airport history. And, like, you know, just seeing how different, you know, how aviation is, you know, how how the airports have have evolved over the years since their inception. And so I love it, right? And so I will intentionally schedule a layover just just to walk around the airport and buy a shot glass. But um, mainly for the history of the airport. And I've been to 56 airports, in, uh, I think, in the between the U.S. and the, and the rest of the world. But I love it. Like, there's nothing like traveling. And I, it's such an escape from the world. Um, I was mm-hmm. talking to one of my colleagues here, and she was like, you're never here on the weekends. And I was like, well, what is there to do? I live in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. Like, I right. listen, Friday at 459.59, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going on the highway. Okay. So I right. can get out, get out, and so I can escape reality for a few moments. So, uh, yeah, very, very important to take it while you have the opportunity. So, what is one word that guides your life? Uh, uh, authenticity. <laughs> I just, I, I remember, I remember so. When I started undergrad, I was at University of Dayton, and we're not finna get on that because that was a trashy experience. Um, but I felt like I needed to be somebody who I wasn't. Like I was trying to distance myself too much from being impoverished. <laughs> so, I got, I and got then, you. and then I got to Wright State, and it was like, oh, and it was I, I was myself again. Um, I was myself when I was in London, and then when I got to law school, law school will beat you down. Like it will. It will beat you down. Um, and I lost a lot of that. And so by the time I got to my first job, um, I, because of some of the dynamics of personalities in the workplace, like I lost a lot of my authenticity and I was super depressed. Like I was super depressed, which is one of the reasons why I ended up leaving. Um, and I tell myself, like, when you move on, you got to get back to being yourself you have to be your authentic self because otherwise like you just you don't feel good um and so I I live that now I'm personal life professional life don't hire me if you do not want an authentic straightforward person because uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh let me go you know it's funny you say that because my next question is how important is authenticity in the work that you do you have to be because I I think survivors know when it's not legit. 
the accused know when it's not legit. You're, the people who you're trying to make relationships with and collab, they, they know when you fronting. They, and that's the one thing I hate about higher ed is this like, you got to play the game and the politics. I'm not doing all of it. Like I'll shake some hands to get a piece of your budget, but I, I know I'm going to be genuine. I'm going to be authentic and I'm going to do what I'm gonna do the work and I'm gonna do it in an authentic way like I just I don't know how people go through life and can't be themselves now I get it to some extent like you can't be we can't be fully black (laughs) in the workplace okay Um, but but as far as like my my ethics um my ability to empathize you know where my where my uh viewpoint stand like I that that shows up in the work and you either hide it or you don't i remember when um uh the what do we what are we what are we calling it now the insurrection last year january uh, 6th. The, the terrorist correct um mm-hmm. i had <laughs> made a i made a post about how basically people getting on my nerves this idea of like, oh after you know people start to lose their jobs and stuff and it's like oh i can't why, why would you, what does it have to do with their job? And I said, like, if you think for a second that their authentic self is not showing up in their work and authentically racist, <laughs> authentically racist in the workplace likely, or they're hiding it, like you, you can't separate and uh, com- compartmentalize those two things. And I'm the same way. Like I, the person I am in my personal life, as far as like ethics and, um, like goals and things like that is who I am also professionally, which is why I'm in the field that I am. Um, so this idea that you shouldn't be your authentic self, I don't trust people like that. Like it's one thing to say, I can't, I'm not gonna be fully black in the workplace. It's another thing to be like, I'm just about to be a politician and, and play all these games and make me question your ethics. Okay. You know, I, I, you know, one of the things I think I've always admired about knowing you is like watching your authenticity. Like, I mean, you're just like you all the time, right? Um, and I often think about, I saw this when I was an undergrad, I saw this, this, this meme, I guess before memes were really memes, right? And it said the Japanese, Japanese psychologists say that everyone has three faces, right? The first face is the one you show, um, you know, to your, uh, you know, your, 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 you know, your colleagues, your coworkers, you know, people like that. The second face is the one you show your family and friends. But the third face is the truest face. And that's the one that only you get a chance to see. That's like your most authentic self. And you've always been that, right? And I know the students appreciate that uh, when they meet you. Because in this field, you know, it, it is sometimes difficult to find people who are not in it for the money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I actually care about what you do and how you progress and all that good stuff. You know, I, I've seen Title IX employees who, you know, I, I was like, well, shit, if you treated me like you treat them people, like if you talk to me how you talk to them people, I wouldn't want to talk to you either. Oh, exactly. So difficult. I mean, look how you're talking to them as as yep. a, as a, as as a person who's been assaulted. Like, look how you're talking to that person. I would I wouldn't feel safe or comfortable talking to you either. Some of the students that I still have, the students that I feel like I was the closest with in any of these jobs, 
have been students involved in my process, whether it's Title IX or equity, like the, they have been students that were involved in my process. We engaged and they were like, wait, so I know I'm here to talk to you about this, but like you're the first approachable administrator I've met. Can I dump the rest of this on you? And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, because I was that I was that person in undergrad. Like I, that's why I left UD. I didn't have a me there. And then I got to write state, and they they knew what type of students they had. They knew we was you know first generation broke. They knew what it was. <laughs> um, and I I found administrators that are who I hope I am to a lot of the students that have crossed my path. Because I ain't no way like if I've been assaulted or. A hate crime was committed against me. I'm finished in, in front of somebody who I can't even tell if you're human or not. Like that, mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense. And I, one of the really things that happened to me was um, I was working at a university and there was a whole bunch of other stuff happening, like racial stuff happening. And this was back when Yik Yak was a thing. So, well, I, you know, Yik Yak, you know, Yik Yak's back now. We're going to ignore that. <laughs> yep, we're going to ignore that. But a student who had been involved in my process, I brought them in to say like, hey, you know, calm down on social media. Like this person was going ham on social media with people about this particular issue. And I was like, it's, it's not in your best interest. It's not good for your well-being. You're in a bad mind space. And the student was like, I totally understand, totally understand. You know, thanks for talking to me. And it was like, how are you doing? And I like it internally I was like weeping it was around the time of the University of Missouri protest um and all kind of racial stuff was happening people was, it was ridiculous um and that student who had been involved in my process had been a victim in a process was the first person who was not of color or, or who was not gay to ask me how I was doing no, none of the upper administration that were not marginalized identities asked how we were doing, any of that. That was the first person who had asked me. And I remember thinking like, okay, one, amen for this student, but two, it, this is who they're interacting with. They're interacting with other administrators who can't even be bothered to ask their colleagues and peers how they're doing when the world is on fire. And yeah, that's how it is for you, though. Oh, gosh. You know, how it is just, you know, people often say, like, do you see yourself here and, you know, for th 25 or 30 years in the field? And I said, no. oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> like, I, I want to at some point make real money, like with real people, you know, like I want to, I want to, you know, not, not get paid in wooden nickels, pizza party and t-shirts, okay? Like, I, and I not make be, real money. and not be expected to be on twenty four seven. Like I know it's different for red life people, but even for y'all, but for the rest of us, like for my current job, I have a separate cell phone. That like the first six months I was here, I just kept it on my like I would take it to bed with me every night and like check it, and I was just like I have to, I gotta, I gotta stop this because. I'm not on 24-7, but there's this expectation in higher ed that if you aren't, then you don't care about the students. Which is crazy. Like, no, I care. I care from 8 to 5, right? Or 9 to, you know, nine to 6. Like, at some point, we have to take a break, too. And that's always interesting. People are like, oh, you know, 
um, I, I, I hate to bother you, but well, then why are you bothering me? Right, because here you are. <laughs> you know, it, it's a weekend, you know. Well, they'll be like, well, I sent you an email yesterday morning on Sunday. Okay, and I'll reply Monday morning when I get to work. Like, I, I said, that if you want to work on your weekend, that's up to you. But I, I, I treasure my self-care, right? And I treasure, I treasure unplugging from my job. Yep, and they don't give you a space to, like, you again, you've been in, in red life for a while back and forth and doing different things. When crisis happens, like there's, you know, that you're up and you're handling, you're in crisis mode and then you're waiting to come down, but they don't give you the chance to come down and like decompress. Like, it's just like, nope, we need you to just constantly be on. And I, yeah, I for me, it's those nights when you get a call at 2.30 in the morning because some assault happened. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take care of it. But best believe I'm flexing out at some point this week because I know y'all not going to have me out here with alopecia stress. No. Yeah, not alopecia. You know, I, I, I had a, I, I worked for a vice president one time and back like, <laughs> if, you know, we, we, we had comp time at one point. Like, you know, if I had like a late night staff meeting, whatever time you flex, whatever, whatever activity you did after five o'clock, you took that same time and took that time off during the week, you know, with, well, within 30 mm-hmm. days, which I loved. New VP started said, well, that's not really fair to other departments the chance to have flex time. That's because they leave at five o'clock. You know, Ooh, don't get me started on that. Ooh, <laughs> don't get me started on that difference between the administrators versus the union folks. Like, whoo, child. So I'm like, okay, all right. It, 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 you know, it is just, Kevin, take care of yourself. So I know, you know, in the work that you do, it, it can be, it can be, um, you know, very heavy sometimes, right? So what is your self, what is your self-care routine if you have one? Um, so for me, I, I like doing, I'm a very, I like routine. So um, I come home and usually eat and we'll turn on whatever, you know, show or podcast or YouTube video that I want to watch for that day or usually like weekly things. Um, go through social media, might do some coloring, some Sudoku, um, glass of wine. Um, I like to go to bed at the same time, mostly every day. Um, skincare, I, I have an addiction to Sephora. So like when I do my <laughs> nightly, like my nightly routine, that's really calming for me. Um, and then other thing for me is, <laughs> is my sister, um, uh, introduce, introduced me to the Peloton cult. Okay. Um, and so now I am a cult member in um, uh, Peloton. So, yeah. No, c- come on. I, I don't know how much Pelotons are. Um, don't I've do that. Re- okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Moving it, on. It is worth the money. And <laughs> all Listen, I'm going to say is. It better ought to be, okay? There's a special type of high you get. <clears throat> when you are twerking on a bike to the Migos. I just, it's its something about it. It's an experience that okay, you just have okay, to, experience. yeah, that you just have to, there's this one instructor, uh, AT, and he did the Migos ride and he got on there. He had the full gold chains, all of that. Um, 
and I just knew from the first song that I'm this is gonna be ratchet and I'm going to love every moment of it and the 30 minutes flew by. And yeah, it sounds weird, but with the right music, they got Beyonce ones and all this other stuff, but yeah, it's it's a good time. Okay. So, you know, for me, you know, I love to laugh, right? I'm gonna laugh. If nothing else, when we together we gonna laugh, right? And laugh real hearty. Um, so what is in the last seventy two hours? What has made you laugh from a healthy place? I mean, like a hearty belly, just tears flowing laugh. Um, it it's stuff I see on social media, different memes and stuff, and I'm in some secret Facebook groups. <laughs> um, people be sharing stuff. Um, I think the most recent one actually it wasn't the last forty eight hours, but um, for Christmas I went to Texas. Uh, to visit my friend and her family and we were in like a four-hour car drive and I checked Facebook and I can't remember the guy's name but he makes these like cartoons where he takes like old um, Superman and Batman uh, cartoons and like talks over them and makes his own little scenarios and he did one where uh, and I've never seen Empire but I think it's Empire one of the characters uh, is a drug dealer and mm. I think Batman um, tries to like talk him out of doing it and then he talks him out of being a drug dealer but at the end Batman is like actually no can I get this this dime bag before you go though <laughs> like before you oh, stop no. the drug and <laughs> get this dime bag and I don't know what it was but when I tell you I could not breathe like I just I could not breathe because he gave him this whole feel of like you sell drugs wait before you get your life together can you please give me what i came here for? a dime bag okay just, just before you leave took me out and i don't know why little stupid stuff like that takes me out otherwise it was all of those uh those uh january 6th insurrection memes that people were posting um i ain't gonna say which ones but some of them were quite hilarious you know, and I, I, I've, I've laughed so hard over the last few, you know, the last few days. Like, I, I, I just love laughing. I think it's such a, it's, such, it's so therapeutic for me. Um, and it just Ooh. brightens my day. You know what you should watch? The last thing I watched that really took me out, Southside. Have um, not watched Southside yet. I've heard about it. It um, will take you down. Like, have you, have you seen, take you down. Have, have you seen Abbott Elementary yet? Yeah, yeah. I need to catch up on last week or this this week. I, I love say. Abbott Elementary. Like it's just between that and our kind of people, those those are my shows to binge watch right now. You will I like Southside. Okay. Uh, is it on Hulu or Netflix? Um, HBO Max. Okay. I'm gonna try and find a subscription so I can go ahead and watch okay. that and we can laugh a little bit. <laughs> You know, you you know you got to have a subscription and all and all things now. So uh I'm gonna do that. And yeah, okay, so before you leave, um I my listeners with like a parting piece of wisdom or advice. Hmm. I I think it goes back to the the authenticity. Like be be yourself. And if you're in relationships, romantic or friends or family or whatever it may be, 
where you are hesitant to be your authentic self, get out of them. Like they're tiring. They're not, they're not meant for you. Um, I've over the years let relationships and friendships go that I felt like when I showed up to be with that person, I couldn't be me and say who I am. And whether that be your, you know, sexual orientation or your race or just, you know, your sense of humor or whatever it may be, if you can be your authentic self with them, it, it's not meant for you. And don't feel no type of way about moving on. Just, just, just go, just go. And that goes for uh, colleges too. Um, I encounter students all the time where they, you know, parents told them to go here because parent went here, sister went here, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it may be. And you get here, especially the LGBT students, like, if you can't be out in your college, don't don't be there. If you can't be black in your college safely, don't don't be there. Like don't don't get the student loans and spend that money and give these people your money if you can't be your authentic self. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, listen. Thank you for joining me tonight. I I definitely appreciate you. Uh, I am so incredibly excited and proud of you that I know you first off, right? And that folks from, um, um, you know, my high school days are doing amazing and doing amazing work um, in the realm of higher education. So I am so grateful for you coming on tonight. Um, keep up the good work and all that you do. Keep inspiring folks to live their best lives. Um, and when I say best, I mean the absolute most authentic lives that they can. And well, you ain't know you're doing the same thing, though. Uh, listen, we trying, okay? We we out we out here trying to mold the kids. Um, doing the best that I can. I um, I hope to see you in well, I, I well, I hope to see you in June. But you know your I'm classmates, your classmates. Hey, look, that ain't, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, ooh. Uh. Yeah, ooh, yeah. Your classmates, <laughs> is, your your classmates is one of a kind, okay? And we actually had somebody who was like, um, before I pay. Who all else is registered? When you go to no. Beyonce's concert, you don't call no. Ticketmaster to ask Ticketmaster who all unregistered. This, this, no. this ain't going to be the who all going to be over there. You you going to be over there. No. And also, if so, you still got issues from high school, let like, it go. We grown. Some of y'all got I mean, kids in college. Mm -mm. I mean, 20, 20 whole years, okay? Mm -mm. Um, we're we're going we're gonna to set it. We're going to meet this weekend because the planning committee. And we're going to have a powwow, a little Ponderosa. And we're going to set a deadline, you know, for people to pay this money. And if it's not paid 90 days out, we're going to just scrap it. Like, I say, I mean, either y'all do y'all want to do this or y'all don't. We, we should have took a cruise. Y'all can't pay to be in the city of Dayton. How y'all pay to go on a cruise? Wait a minute. One, you're not oh, wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> not wrong at okay. all. Um, and two, who's trying to be on a boat during a, a panorama? Your your people, your people, your cousins. Okay, I'm from your cousins. I ain't from. I ain't from traveling. Your cousins trying to uh, be on. Well, what did, did we look at a cruise? Did you play? Did you did you did you submit that idea? Oh, did you, pay did you money? Like see all the news about cruise ships being stuck? For oh, okay, oh, okay. So I think <clears> we're not doing right. But thank you for coming. I shall appreciate you. Um, and with that being said. Don't forget to govern yourself accordingly. Drink lots of water. Mind your business. Pay attention. Stay in your own lane. Be grateful for absolutely everything. 
don't forget to smile as much as you can. Even if you don't have all your teeth, still smile because somebody's looking forward to it. And whatever you do, please don't forget to put on lotion because you cannot touch your neighbors. They cannot be ashy and be successful. All right. Mm -hmm. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.